Please turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. We began here last week, and uh, I'd like to go back to that because there's a very important truth that the Apostle Paul brings out here. And uh, let me read in verses 1 and 2. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable or literally spiritual service. Now, let me just stop there for a minute. The reason that he brings this out first, before he goes on to talk about renewing of the mind, because you've got to steal yourself before you can renew your mind. <laughs> okay? One of the things that you've got to do is discipline your body to stand still, to be in a place where you can be still and know that he is God, and begin to do the things that you need to do in order to renew your thinking. See, one of the things the devil does is he brings distraction into our life. He does everything that he can to get us, you know, going from here to there and not settling and doing something. Are you all with me? Do you know you can be busy doing nothing? <laughs> okay? You all know what I'm saying, <laughs> And uh, we need to be careful that we're not doing stuff like that. You know, do things that matter. If ever you go to bed at night, I'm going to give you a little secret here. If ever you go to bed at night and you think, oh, I didn't do this, this, and this, you, and you didn't think about all the things you did, it means that all the things you did weren't the important things. <laughs> do you understand? And you need to discipline yourself to do the things that you woke up with that morning, and God said, do these things, and you said, okay, Lord, I'll get to them. Let me just get these out of the way so that I can get to them. Don't do that. Unless it's a matter of life and death, do the things, <laughs> okay? Do the things that you're told. Then get to the other stuff. Don't try to clear the path so you can get to them because in doing that, it may take all day to clear the path and then you not get to any of it. And then you wake up the next morning with the same list. Are you all with me? Amen. <laughs> okay. That's a free, little bit of free advice. All right. Getting back to this. But this all has to do with this. If God tells you to wake up, to, to give him some time, and you say, okay, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll just get through a few of these things so that I could really give you some really quality time. And you know what happens at the end? You get so busy at the end, you just go, I'm sorry, Lord, I've just got an extra five minutes left. I'll give you that time. So what happened to the really quality time you were promising at the beginning? Are you all with me? See, I'm, I'm just revealing some of these things to you. These are the things that the enemy uses. Because if he can get you in a place where you are powerless, <laughs> okay, then he can, he can just knock you over without any problems. What I'm trying to do is get you on a, into a place where you are filled with the power of God, with the mind of Christ, that whatever you are dealing with, you've got God's mind, God's power, God's spirit, and everything else that comes with that working in you and for you. Amen. 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 You might say, well, I don't need all that stuff to do housework. Dear Lord, you know, <laughs> can I just say this? There's no such thing as a menial job. There isn't such a thing. Everything that you do, you can excel at. Even my housework? Yeah, even that. You know, God can, you give him your time and he will tell you how to get things done quicker, more efficiently. Do you understand? And he'll get you thinking a different way. So that your boring tasks don't become boring. And in fact, you'll get through them so quickly, you kind of go, what do I do now? He'll go, that's great. Now I've got you for a minute. <laughs> Let's go do something else now, shall we? Amen. Anyway, all right. 
that's in verse 1. Let's go to verse 2, shall we? Okay, so, <laughs> so it says again, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable or spiritual service. Verse 2, and be not conformed to this world. I didn't preach on this much last week because I had so much hair to recover, but I need to get to this now because this is what we're doing. Okay? I want you to notice the first thing he says is don't conform to this world. Now, we're living in this world, but we don't need to conform to this world. We don't need to let the world tell us what's important and what needs to be done and how it needs to be done. And, you know, all those things. I could go down a whole list of things. Be careful that you're not conforming to this world. Be aware of what the world, uh, you know, um, says, but you don't have to conform to it. Do you understand the difference? Conforming to the world means that you change your thinking to work with what they're saying under all of what they're saying as opposed to apart from what they're saying and what God is saying instead. There are some, now, don't we have to work within the laws of what's going on? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it doesn't mean that we're limited to how far we can go based on what the world is saying. For example, you know, the world might say, well, unless you do this, this, and this, you're not going to get that. And let us teach you how to do this, this, and this, and it'll cost you 20,000 bucks, by the way. Never mind. But anyway, okay? You know, it always comes to the price. Have you noticed? And God says, you do this instead, and you can have that. And we go, well, that's not what the world... Yeah, don't get conformed to that. We still want the same result, but God's saying there is another way. See, the world is always working on this realm. It's working in the natural constantly to try and get things done. God works in a whole nother way, in a whole nother realm. Uh, Let's just talk about, you know, let's say if we want to advertise something. You go and you make brochures and everything else. And I'm not saying don't do that. If you want to do it, do it. Absolutely. Okay? But can I just say this? Can you pray over them? Don't just throw them out there and hope for the best. You can pray and say, I want one angel per brochure. You know, we have a lot of angels. (laughs) Okay? Everyone that goes out, let somebody see this. Let somebody respond to it. You know, when you send out brochures with angels attached to them, it's amazing what comes back. Amen. I, we didn't know that when we first did this, and, you know, we just kind of threw it out there and hoped for the best, and nothing happened. <laughs> hallelujah. <No. laughs> that was a sarcastic hallelujah. All right. <laughs> so, no, it, but do you understand? See, God will grow things when he wants to grow things. I am, I'm glad where we are right now, but I don't expect to be here for the rest of our life. I'm just saying that. Amen. There is something else coming. I'm believing for things. And see, I'm not believing for more people. You might say, well, what the? <laughs> no. I'm believing for more power. Do you know the thing that brought all the people? The power. And he healed them all. And they all turned up the next day. With relatives. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Okay. So, and I want to do it God's way. I don't want to do it my way. No, I'm going to do it God's way. Do you understand? And if we do it that way, then whatever growth we come, we'll be able to manage it because the power will be there to handle it all. 
Are you all with me? Amen. All right, I'm going to move on. I don't know why I went there. All right, so again, he says, and be not conformed to this world, but watch this. He said, be transformed, transformed. In other words, he's saying, don't stay the same. You need a transformation in your life, and that begins with your thinking. That's why he says, be, there be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The only way that you can prove God's perfect will in your life is by the renewing of your mind. See, God's perfect will for your life is to rise above and to be the very best that you were designed, created to be. Do you understand? See, you were meant to shine in this earth. You're not meant to be this little light under a little bushel somewhere. And you go, is that, is that bushel? Is that a light under there? Oh, hello. No, <laughs> okay. That's not what it's meant to be. You are meant to be floodlight. I mean, when you turn up, they got to put their sunnies on. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> okay. I'm saying something. Listen, we are meant to be the kind of people that whenever we enter a space, the glory of God comes in with you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You don't realize this. In fact, wherever you are, things should settle down and things could go, should go well until you leave and after that, you know, <laughs> whatever. Okay? <laughs> that I, I'm telling you from experience the things that have happened. Where, you know, before I've come there, things have been, you know, places, things have gone wrong. I get there and I'm not, I'm not praying in this bridge. Shandai, shandai, shandai. And being weird! <laughs> Okay, okay. I just walk in there and the presence goes in with me. You don't have to be weird to have the presence. It's just there. You just need to know that I told you, I'm here to share with you things that you already have, not things that you're trying to get. Do you understand? When you walk in, but the thing is, it's all released. See, this is the whole key to this thing. It's all released by faith. You need to know in here for it to actually come out. That, that, that's the... <laughs> Uh, that's the catch, <laughs> okay? You say, what's the catch? Well, that's the catch. That's why it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God because everything works by faith. We shall, you know, it says the just shall live and have their lives sustained by faith, which means that faith, see, we look at faith as a thing that, oh, we have to do, you know, and it's something that's separate to us. Faith is something that was built into you. You wouldn't be sitting on that chair right now if you didn't have faith. You'd be standing because you don't know if it's going to collapse under you. What makes you, what makes you think we didn't do something to the chair? So as soon as you sat down, <laughs> got another one. <laughs> okay. You have faith in us to not do something like that. You have faith in the chair to hold you up. You don't even think about it. In fact, it shocks you if it didn't. Sadly, it shocks us when our faith works. <laughs> we have opposite syndrome. We pray and hope it'll work. And when it does, <gasps> it worked. What's up with that? When God says that's the way everything is released, that's how everything works. That's why I said to you last week, it should have been something that we were trained up in from the beginning because we, you know, we were born that way. Do you know you were born to believe? I know this, the, the song says, you were born to try. No, you were born to believe. 
what we, the world had to do was take all that out of you over time. And they did very successfully. And they said, listen, the only thing that will work is things that fit into the laws of this natural realm. When Jesus all the time said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, you don't need dynamite, <laughs> okay? You don't need 600 bulldozers. If you speak to this thing, it will move. Yo, brother, but was that a literal mountain? Well, it was a literal tree just before that. He didn't talk to a figurative tree. And it died. And he says, you know how that figurative tree just died? If you talk to this figurative mountain, it will move. Is what everybody reads. He, was, he just finished cursing a fig tree. The thing died. Peter said, wow, it's, it's dried up from the roots, which means the thing is gone, man. I mean, when the roots are dead, you're, it's <laughs> curtains for the tree. And then he said, and I want you to notice, he looks at the Pete's looking at the tree. He says, you know the whole mountain we're standing on? He said, the same law that I applied to that tree can be applied to this mountain, and the thing, the whole thing will move. You know, that should be our graduation if, in faith school. You know, as we get to year 12 in faith school and we say, okay, now this is your last exam. Let's see if we make, a, you know, 100%. There's the mountain, move it. That's how we think right now. See, even right now, that's just too much for us to manage. Do you know why? Because it's been taught out of us. Listen, I'm not asking you to move a mountain today, <laughs> okay? I'm just saying that there are principles that are in operation right now. There are things that will work in your life right now. I, I'm trying to get, see, I could be up here. Sometimes I argue with the Lord about some of the things I preach. Anyway, <laughs> I could be up here and I could be talking, talking to you about, you know, like the prodigal son and everything and, and wonderful story. And there's some amazing truths in there, by the way, as well by the way, okay, kingdom truths, not just kind of relational things, but kingdom things, when the father says, everything that I had was yours all the time, you're all upset about the brother that came back and we're holding a feast for him, but everything was yours from the beginning, it's the same thing he's going to say to us when we get to heaven, oh God, if I only had this, and how come, you know, blah, 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 he'll go, it was all yours from the beginning. I'll show you that scripture today. Let's get to it. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's move. So the next thing that I did was take you to Genesis chapter 1. I'm not going to go through all of this now because we did this. But I wanted to spend a little bit of time in, in Romans 12 for this reason. Because you need to change your mind. I'm going to give you what you need to change your mind too. It's wonderful to say you have to renew your mind. The next question is to what? Here's the to what. <laughs> okay, all right. So remember again that the way God created us initially, and God said, let them have dominion. Okay, we looked at that last time, and I said to you that that was, it didn't say let one have dominion over the other. It said let them have dominion together. I want to give you a scripture. I made reference to this, but I didn't give you the scripture. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 5. 
First Peter 5, 5, in relation to that, the Apostle Peter writes in the latter half of verse 5, and he says, yes, I'm reading from the New King James. He says, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. All of you. He didn't say all the women be submissive to the husband and clothe yourself with humility. Doesn't that sound like a woman scripture? Because everybody preaches that way. No, he said all the men as well be submissive to one another and clothe yourselves in humility as well. Can I get an amen on that? All right. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Well, I'm the head of the house. Well, God's resisting you now. <laughs> That's for the men and the women. Some women like to take over. <laughs> you know? You know, I, I, we don't like hand-pecked husbands either. Okay? We, wa <laughs> we want you to live together in harmony. Amen. You need to understand, I talked to you about this before, but each of you have gifts. Yeah. You know, I remember a couple that came and they had been told that the man, the head of the house and everything. And so this guy, terrible at math, useless at keeping money in the house, was told he has to do it all. And so, of course, they were doing really well until that point. And then they spiraled, crashed and burned. And finally found their way to our church at one stage, visited or whatever. And I preached this message. And he says, oh, thank God. I knew something was off. My wife is so much better at this. It was good when she was looking after it. And somebody said I had to. Duh. Can I just say this? Even a stupid person knows if something works, it works. And if you do something wrong, something else and it doesn't work, it doesn't work. The Bible says things like that. If a tree falls, it will stay where it fell. <sighs> really? Yes. Isn't that amazing? Do you want me to say it again? If a tree falls... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think some, you know, some Christians are so dumb. It's, I, I, I'm just, I just think, really? You woke up this morning? Oh, anyway, okay. So let's, let's move on, shall we? Sorry about that. Okay. All right. All right. So <laughs> remember again, I, I said to you that the way that God made us, when he said, let them have dominion, that he literally made us gods over this earth. I remember I brought your, uh, brought your attention to, uh, to John chapter 10. Brought your attention. I don't know. Anyway, what's the right word for that? Anyway, I drew your attention to. Thank you. All right. I drew your attention to John chapter 10, verse 34, where Jesus answering said, Is it not written in your law? I said, you are God's. Amen? So I, I need you to get a certain mindset. This is not so we get a big head and we go around going, I am a God. God resists the proud. Do y'all not see that? <laughs> okay? This is not about you pushing your chest out and lording it over everybody. This is you. Fighting the devil when he comes your way. When he says, you got nothing to fight me with, you say, hang on a second. And I'll show you what you have to fight with. Let's get there. Okay. <laughs> because remember again, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 said that he is now the God of this world. Because we were made gods of this world and we gave it to him, he became the God of this world. Are you all with me? Okay. And that's the reason why, again, it says in Ephesians chapter 6, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. 
put on the whole armor of God. And remember it says in verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. These are all those things that are over our atmosphere now because we gave them that place. Are you all with me? All right. And so I said one of the things that we lost was the ability to think like God. When we fell, we fell from that position under the devil. Are you all with me? Amen? And that's why Isaiah, in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, I would say that God was lamenting, basically. This wasn't God saying, <laughs> my thoughts are so much greater than yours, puny little human. How dare you even think to talk to me? God's not like that. <laughs> he resists that stuff. Why do you think he would resist the proud and then be proud himself? That's how people preach it. And that's why he says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And he wasn't saying that in a boastful way. He was saying that in a way that that's where you were, but you're not anymore. That's why things, and because of that kind of thinking, because our thinking fell, not only did we fall, but our thinking fell as well. That's the reason why, you know, it says that, I, I read to you from 1 Corinthians 1, 27 and 28. It talks about God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise and so on and so forth. In other words, he was saying that things that now the world considers foolish, because their thinking has dropped so low. Listen, they now look at it and think of what you are, the way you think. As a foolish thing. Let me give you a, a, an illustration. I'm just getting this picture in my head, so let me just give it to you. It's kind of like this, okay? Just go with this, okay? All right, don't argue with me. All right. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, there was a time when we knew how to fly. Now, I'm not going to use eagles and chickens today, okay? But we knew how to fly, all right? We had aircrafts and everything else. And then somewhere we fell, and we, we lost all our ability to do that, to replicate that. And now, time has passed, centuries have, have passed, and that thing has become legend. It's like, oh yeah, that was all fables. I mean, if man was meant to fly, we'd have wings. <laughs> Is what we say now. And somebody says, no, I think we can. Oh, <laughs> silly, stupid. <laughs> Listen, see, because to us, to the world, that, that's an impossible thing. But it was at one point. I told you, that's what the enemy does. Everything that he can to make you forget. And push things off so that they never happen. And then that just, just like that silly thinking. I mean... <laughs> Go push somebody up here. See? <laughs> they died. We can't fly. Are you all with me? And it would be just like that today. When we start talking about certain things, they, it sounds foolish to people. We say we're going to pray over something. Oh, I'm going to get religious over it now. No, we don't see prayer as me talking to myself and going, oh, I hope this works. We see prayer as Okay, something down here isn't working. God, the one that did all of this, created all of this, we need you to intervene right now and do the thing that only you can do. With all the forces you have working with you and for you. 
all those angels and <laughs> everything else, the Holy Spirit works with him. The angels work for him, by the way. That's why I said with you and for. Okay? The, you know what I'm trying to say? And he just gets it done and everybody goes, well, that was really lucky. Oh, thank you so much. For, uh, when I said it was going to be done, you said that's impossible. Now we're giving the, all the credit to luck. It wasn't lucky. It was deliberate. We can do it again. You want to see? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Right. So, once again, that was, you know, God's way of doing things were different. We lost it at the fall. But after the cross of Christ, everything changed. Now, let's go to a scripture. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. How much time do I have left? That's a long review. Oh, really? Okay. First Corinthians 2, 16. It says, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Watch this. This is, see, because Isaiah said his thoughts are higher. Because God said his thoughts are higher than ours. I told you it was a lament. But watch now the good news. This is good news. It says, who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? The answer to that would have been nobody. Amen. But that's not the answer now. Some things happened. He says, but... Not the but. The but means in opposition to what was true before. He says, now we have the mind of Christ. Did you get that? He's saying no longer are we in the position where we can't think like God. Everything that we lost at the fall, we've regained now because of what Jesus did. See, everybody thinks that Jesus just went to the cross, died for us, so that all of us could just, uh, you know, not go to hell. That's it. Uh, you're on your own for the rest of it. <laughs> that's how the church basically preaches it you know as, as Sarah when she imitates me she goes blah 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 get saved blah 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 get saved and that's it that's all the church does get saved you saved that's it that's enough now you can live a defeated life it doesn't matter you're saved that's not, that, that's not what this is about that's the entry point you've come into something that is incredible that's like, you know, somebody saying, buy the program. You bought the program. What are we doing with it? No, 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 nothing. I bought the program. They told me to buy the program. I bought the program. You mean I'm meant to do something with the thing? Yes, silly. The whole point in buy the program is to use the program. Use the program. <laughs> okay. Use it. Don't look at it. Okay. <laughs> Amazes me how people buy stuff and they don't know how to use it. <laughs> anyway, uh, talk about me and my phone. I just push numbers and talk to people. People do all sorts of other things with it. All right. <laughs> In other words, what Jesus Christ did on the cross was not just save us from our sin and the power of the enemy, but he reversed everything the curse did to us. With the Apostle Paul now saying in Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Let's look there. Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Notice that Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Can I, can, can, are you getting this? In other words, all the things that we say, well, that's life. That's just how it is. He's redeemed you from the, that's how it is. Did you get that? He says, now what? He didn't stop there. Not only were we redeemed from the curse, but watch verse 14. I'm just going to read the first part. Oh, this just keeps going and going otherwise. He says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the you. The blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, watch, through Christ. It's not outside of Christ. That's why you get saved. 
Do you understand? So that you, you can come in and get the blessing of Abraham. Well, what is that? Well, let, I'm glad you asked. That's a really good, I'm glad you, you, you're very intelligent. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12 very quickly because I'm not here to, to deal with this. a whole other series, okay? And I mean series. We're just going to hit the high points really quickly. What is the blessing of Abraham? The reason that you need to know this is because this is what you've been redeemed to. You've been redeemed from the curse to this. What is this? Okay, uh, Genesis chapter three, uh, chapter 12, the first part of verse 3 says, And I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. There's the first blessing. Anybody that does good to you, God will bless. Anybody that, you know, thinks, <laughs> get away with that, won't. It'll be a nightmare for them from then on. If they ever do you wrong, so many things will go wrong for them. And the sad thing is they won't ever figure it out. That's what the devil does. He gets them to do the wrong thing. Then he punishes them for it because they put themselves in his territory. Because at the end of the day, it's their will. They didn't have to do nothing he said. And he's called the accuser of the brethren. And then he uses that to then attack them with. He's, he's on both ends of it. Do you understand? He tempts you, then he attacks you for doing it. Are you all with me? Okay. So, but I want you to notice this. I want you to notice that if, you know, if anybody that blesses you, and the thing is that God wants people to know that if they, if they do the right thing by you, hopefully the penny will drop. Hopefully they know, hmm, everything I, every time I do something good for Ev or for Chrissy or, or for Lionel or for Michelle, or I, just, I couldn't name everybody. Okay, all right, for, for anybody uh, here, okay, it, it just somehow everything just works out. Everything, every time I try to, you know, do something naughty, it just all falls apart. This is a huge thing, family. What does this tell you? You don't have to say anything to God about if you got ripped off. The blessing of Abraham is on you. God will take care of it. I've, I've said this before, you know. I know he's Father God, but he's also the Godfather. You know what I'm trying to say? He said, don't worry about it. I'll look after it. <laughs> they messed with you? Fine. You just go on your way. Hello. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding, man. You look at the Old Testament. It is a reflection of what God will do today Amen. for us anyway. And they were servants. We are sons. <laughs> Don't mess with the family. All right. Another, <laughs> another blessing. Let's go to uh, Genesis 13, verse 2. It's a short verse, but dear God, it has a lot in it. Genesis 13, 2. What's the blessing of Abraham? Abraham was very rich. Abraham wasn't just making it after he came to God. God didn't say, now, Abe, you got to give it all up, man. You're now following me. I'm God. You have to be poor. I sit on this throne on, on streets of, of transparent gold, and I want you to be poor now, please. What? Don't preach that. Oops. Probably most of the churches. Anyway. Okay. Listen. <laughs> Isn't it sad? Does that not make any sense? I, that does not make sense to me. When God so loved us, he was willing to give us Jesus. What's a bit of pavement? Amen. 
See, this is what happens when you come to God. We got this preached out of us. The devil brought this message into the church and slowly kind of whittled us out of all the money that belongs to us. And that's why the Bible says the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. That's you. Which means all of that belonged to you. And he sneaked in and stole it all and we let him because somebody preached all women to be poor. So let's all be poor and be holy. And if you're poor, I'm not, I'm not saying anything negative about you. I'm just saying I'm praying for you to be rich. Don't be embarrassed. Just know money is coming your way. Just say yes. Say yes. When they bring the parcel and they go, we have a million dollars. Could you please sign? Sign the thing. <laughs> say thank you very much. Bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm running out of time. All right. Are you getting something out of this? I pray that you're getting something out of this. I need to remember by the renewal of your mind, that's how you are transformed. I'm helping you to transform right now. I'm giving you all of this to transform your thinking, your way of thinking. Amen? Amen. All right. And uh, I didn't finish. It says Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver, and gold. I mean, there's no question. This guy had everything and lots of money in the bank. It didn't say he had lots of sheep. And he was happy. No, man, the guy had sheep. In, in, verse 6, just go down to verse 6. Lot decided to go with him. God said, you go away from all your family. Lot was like, <laughs> little leeched on him. You know what I mean? Just stuck with him. And because he, remember, remember the blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And if you are hanging around somebody that's getting blessed, guess what? You get blessed too. While Lot was with Abraham, he was blessed. When he separated from Abraham, he wasn't anymore. No. He was selfish in the way that he left as well. Yeah, yeah. By the way, he picked the best and gave his uncle the worst. When you read on. It was a naughty thing, okay? But I want you to notice, because he was with Abraham, he got blessed. And it says in verse 6, now the land was not able to support. The land couldn't support them. That they might dwell together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. I mean, can you believe that? It's just like, okay, dude, there's not enough grass for all the flock. We need to get the flock out of here. You know what I'm trying to <laughs> You know? We, we <laughs> sorry about that. Couldn't resist. Redeem my thinking. All right. So, no, no. They, they, they literally had to split. See, have you had that problem? Has a bank called you up and said, we can't handle all your money? There's just too much money? <laughs> Usually it's the other way. Anyway, so, <laughs> you know. Okay, okay. There's so much more, I've said here, there's so much more to the blessing of Abraham that includes him taking on armies and defeating them and so on. But that's for another time, <laughs> all right? I told you, we can only touch this really quickly. All right. What's important here is that through the cross of Christ, we are all now included in this blessing, but only in Christ. Did you get that? Only in him. Okay. The rest of the world, sadly, are still under the curse and will remain there until they receive God's free gift of salvation. That's one of the things that the Apostle Paul brings out. Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Remember when he says, For who has delivered us, uh, who has delivered us, excuse me, from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? I'm going to, going to read that. That's enough. All right. Listen, I want you to notice that God delivered us from the. You can read verse 14. It's good too. Okay. God delivered us from the kingdom of darkness. In other words, the kingdom of darkness has no more authority over us. Did you get that? Amen. 
And for all those who receive that, watch in Ephesians chapter 4, because I'm running out of time. I've got to hurry up now. Listen quickly. Okay? Ephesians chapter 4. We'll try to finish this today. We'll see. All right. <laughs> Ephesians 4. Uh, excuse me. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. It says, but God who is rich in mercy. I want you to notice what he's rich in. Not just things, but in mercy. Okay? Who is rich in mercy because of his grace. You know the reason why I want to bring that out? Because so much of the time we go to God and we go, I'm such a sinner. He knows you don't have to tell him anything. Okay? But you know what he is? Not rich in judgment. He is rich in mercy. That's why the Apostle John said, if we just confess or acknowledge our sin, he is faithful and just. Can I say this? Immediately forgive your sin and immediately cleanse you from all unrighteousness and bring you back to a place of perfect righteousness regardless of how you feel. Uh-huh. And while you're still beating yourself over the head, God sees you as righteous. And you go, oh, how could I do? He goes, do what? Because he forgets. He doesn't know what you're on about now. Because when you are cleansed, you are cleansed. There's no record of the thing. So that when the devil comes and says, I remember, he goes, I don't. Get out. <laughs> Open the book. No, nothing there. Yes, but shut up and get out. <laughs> That's it. That, then so when he goes to you, now you know you did that, right? Now you remember. Say what? I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not I, but Christ. Get out. Amen. It's under the blood. And by the way, thank you for for doing that for me, devil. Putting Jesus on the cross so that I could get out. (laughs) Just remind it, just rub that in a little bit. And he'll go away. Okay, so notice again, <laughs> i got to get through this. God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Verse 5, even when we were dead in trespasses. See, while we were dead, not when we were good. When we were bad, he loved us. Made us alive together. Watch this again. With Christ, by grace have you been saved. Verse 6, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. See, the reason that this had to happen was because we lost our position. Our position were gods in this earth, okay, so to speak. We were the ones ruling this earth. We gave that to the devil. Now the only position higher than that was God himself. So look what God did. He raised us up beyond that point and made us sit together in heavenly places with him. So that once again, we are over the enemy. We, all, we once again have authority over him. Isn't that incredible? Do you all understand the miracle that took place? God took us far above where we were to begin with. And now we're seated together with Jesus Christ in heavenly places. Who is Jesus? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Amen. We are now seated together with God. Ho, ho, ho. Hallelujah. So I've said, let me just read this. In other words, not only were we saved from the power of darkness, but because of what Adam lost, God had to raise us up to a higher place than we we fell from so that we could once again gain dominion over Satan and all of his demons. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. He took it all back. Everything that the devil had, he just took it all back. And then he says, now you go. (laughs) Okay, we'll read the rest of the verse. How can we go if he got the authority? Because he lives in us. Amen? Amen. 
In other words, whatever power the devil had, he took back. And what it means in Colossians 2.15, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. It was humiliating what he did to the devil. After three days and three nights, I wish I could preach this, but I don't have time. I've run out. He, something miraculous happened in hell. Nobody has ever escaped hell. Suddenly, God came into hell, and he realized that he actually had God in hell. And then he was like, oops, <laughs> okay? And because he was there, he didn't invade hell. He was dragged into hell on our behalf. And so, because he was there, now he could do whatever he wanted. And when he finished paying the price after three days, boy, something happened. So a light came down, and he suddenly, I could just see the devil going, oh, no. This wasn't just a good man or a prophet. We messed up. We brought God in here. Ah! <laughs> That's all I'll say, because he wiped the floor with them. That's why it says having spoiled. He didn't say having had long discussions with principalities and powers. He made certain decrees. Meals. Okay, wasn't that? He spoiled, beat the tar out of them. And said, anybody else got anything to say? No, no, no. You the man. You the man. You did <laughs> He goes, right, now anybody says my name, you remember this. And he did Arnold Schwarzenegger. If I hear that name, I'll be back. Better not hear it. Better not have to come back here. <laughs> you know? Amen. Hey, get this. Okay, you got I don't know to make a joke, but you need to get this. Hallelujah. That's why it's because I'm finishing now. All right, let me finish. See, last page. I'm in the bottom. Okay? That's why the Apostle John says, uh, 1 John 3, 1 and 2, he says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. That's an exclamation mark there. He says, Therefore the world does not know us. See, the world does not know us. That you think they, they say, well, we know you. They don't know you. They have no idea what's happening on the inside of you. You are something else. And he says, The world does not because it did not know him, Verse 2, beloved, now we are the children of God. And I love what it says, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. I mean, just like him. Ho, ho, ho. In every way. Amen. As a result of this, and let me finish with this. We have the Apostle Paul saying, Philippians chapter 4, verses 13. Uh, just verse 13, he says, I can do all the difficulties he faced. He didn't say, well, you know, we'll just make it through the night. Okay? He said, I can do all things <laughs> through Christ who strengthens me. I want you to notice, he said, I, he didn't say, I can do all things by myself. He said, I can do all things through Christ. And watch why, he's, why he says Christ, because he's the one that strengthens me. I don't have to go in my own strength. He strengthens me. Now watch. That's, this works hand in hand. I said to you before, with Mark 9.23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. I can do all things through Christ. All things are possible to him who believes. Did you get that? So what you can say is, since I do believe that all things are possible, therefore I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Change your thinking. There are no limitations. Amen? You decide how far you go. 
The price has been paid. Everything belongs to you. If God allows me to preach another week, I'll bring those scriptures out because I actually had those printed out where it says, all things are yours. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father.